Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. More college football later with Tony Barnhart. More of your phone calls on college basketball, the NFL, and other headlines of the day. But joining us now, as promised, he has been the director of athletics at the University of North Carolina since 2011 after stints in that role at Ball State and Tulsa. He oversees one of the most successful athletic departments in the entire country in a multi-sport kind of way. He had to make a decision on Larry Fedora. Larry Fedora was dismissed, of course, after seven seasons as the leader of the football Tar Heels. He had a hire to make, and he went back to the future. 67-year-old Mac Brown announced just yesterday as the new head coach of the Tar Heels and the old head coach of the Tar Heels. Bubba Cunningham, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? Great. Thanks, David. Glad to be on. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Even as the losses were piling up this fall for Larry Fedora, there was, I know, an idea among some decision makers that maybe you could avoid a $12 million buyout to send Larry Fedora away and make him part of the solution as a guy who won 19 games over two years just a couple years ago. What changed that equation for you? Well, ultimately, you know, you, you do have a whole seven-year history, and it was a really challenging decision because I like Larry so well personally. You know, Larry, I came in November of 11. He came in December, and we had some pretty turbulent times, and uh, he navigated it exceptionally well. And I just, he never, ever, even just when the two of us were meeting, would ever make any excuses about anything. And uh, he was just a, a wonderful person to work with. But ultimately, we didn't win enough games. And uh, unfortunately, in, in this position, uh, when that happens and you're trying to fund a department with uh, 28 teams, 800 student-athletes, and create those opportunities for kids to play, there is a balance with football and basketball and trying to create revenue so we can maintain those opportunities. And, and ultimately, winning in football and basketball becomes a, a driver in decision-making. Before you joined us, we talked a little bit about just your multi-sport success. I mean, Jenny Levy in women's lacrosse. Everybody knows Anson Dorrance in women's soccer. There are a lot of other examples, most famously Roy Williams in men's basketball. How do you boil down after, what, eight years now almost, how do you boil down why not football for the University of North Carolina when it feels like you've been good to great in almost every other major sport during your time there? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. We've had flashes of brilliance. We just haven't had consistency in those in, in football. You know, Mac had a great run, uh, and then we weren't uh, successful for a while. We had a real good run in, you know, 15, 14, 15, 16 with Larry. And now, we're, you know, again, part of that is probably the transition of coaches. So maybe I didn't add to the consistency by uh, by making the change, but – I think the sports you just mentioned, you know, you think about Anson. Anson's about in his 40th year. Wow. Karen Shelton is in 38 or 39, has won seven national championships. The basketball, we've had, you know, we did have Coach Smith. We had Guthridge, Matt, and then Roy. But that whole Carolina family has been consistency in how the program has been conducted and run. The values that Anson creates for his program, or Jenny does, there's a consistency in the theme. We've been a little bit all over the place in football, and I think that has shown up on the field. So what we're hoping to do is build this tradition of excellence in football from the ground up and hearkening back to when Mac was here, and what are those attributes and how can we continue to refine that so we can sustain it long term. 
Man, now I really feel old because you brought up Karen Shelton. I actually covered Coach Shelton's first national field hockey championship in the late 80s. And believe it or not, Bubba, I mean, this really makes me feel old. I was at Mac Brown's press conference on December 16th, 1987, as a 20-year-old journalist getting paid to cover sports for the first time in my life. He had brown hair at the time. I had brown hair at the time. And here we are 31 years later. I wasn't there yesterday because it overlapped with my show, obviously. But give me a sense. I know you answered this to a degree yesterday. Mac will be 68 years old the next time he coaches the Tar Heels, whereas he was, you know, the 36-year-old young man when he took over back in 19 for the 1988 season. Why is this almost 68-year-old guy worth the risk in this particular situation? Boy, you know, I, he's, a, he's a unique individual. You know, he's, he's been a head coach for about 30 years. This is a unique place. And what I have seen are, are various people in different industries. In fact, one recently uh, I was at a, at a meeting, not meeting a lot of people, uh, when Condoleezza Rice spoke. Yeah. And she was talking, and someone said, why haven't you run for president? And she said, I love uh, policy, but I don't like politics. When I traveled around with George Bush and he was campaigning, we'd have four or five stops in a day. At the end of the day, I was exhausted. He was exhilarated. When I look at a guy like Mac or I look at a guy like Roy or a guy like Anson, they get out there and say, you know what, I love recruiting. Because I like talking to people, I tell them my program, I have a vision for what I want to do. They get energized by recruiting. I've also worked with coaches that say, oh, my God, I hate recruiting. Yeah. Oh, i got to go recruiting. He's just the opposite. He, he gets stale and bored watching someone else compete and coach. And so I, I, I think he's going to be absolutely fantastic because he was – and I was, yesterday we had a team meeting after the press conference. He absolutely came alive, and so did the kids. It is very, very different for a guy that that's what lights their fire, and I I think is remarkable to watch. And it doesn't matter if you're 27, 37, or 67. Those guys that have the passion for coaching and recruiting, they have it, and they can't turn it off. I know that there were one or two other places in recent years where Coach Brown, as an ESPN broadcaster, just planted a seed. Hey, Sally and I have one more run left in us, but only if it's the right fit. Had you detected that at some point over the years when many started to think of him as a broadcaster? Did you just kind of file away, you know, that he thought he had one more run left in him even as he approached his later 60s? You know, I never really thought about that. I just, you know, just you, you, you meet people over time, and you, you think, boy, this person's enthusiastic. They're positive. I like being around them. There's, there's something about that person I really like, and whether you can put your finger on it or not. And in this case, it happened to, to work out when we had the conversation. Said, you know, are, are you really interested in maybe trying to do this? And he absolutely jump in with both feet. And then you're like, wow, this this may really be something. So that's the way that thing flipped, but. He just, as I said, there's a charisma and an enthusiasm that is just, um, it's rare in people, and and Mac has it. We've seen the $3.5 million a year total compensation package. I think that puts Mac Brown right around the top quarter of all FBS head football coaches, which is certainly a big statement by you and your administration. What can you share about 
his staff? Because I know a lot of folks, Bubba, who say the Mac Brown idea can be a great one if he's surrounded by the right people, or it can be a bad idea, you know, if he's Bill Walsh or John Robinson or uh, Johnny Majors, you know, making one last run and doesn't have the right supporting cast around him. Yeah. Well, I would say that um, personnel is the most important thing in any organization, whether it's uh, football or basketball or or badminton. You know, it's every your organization is only as good as the people that you have. Mac is an outstanding head coach. He's an outstanding recruiter. He'll attract a great staff. And regardless of who he hires in the next couple of weeks, the proof will be next fall. The proof will be the fall of 2020. So, you know, everyone's going to have an opinion on the staff, but you really won't know until you start attracting players and start putting the, uh, the team on the field and see how they perform. I know coaches can't always tell us the truth serum version of the truth, but when Max said at his press conference he had not talked to any assisted coaches, you know, even theoretically, I, I just find that hard to believe. Uh, can, can you? Did you hire Mac Brown without any discussion, even sort of spitballing, brainstorming, uh, about who would be likely candidates? I'm not looking for names, but just generally speaking, was that oh, part sure. of the conversation? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we had a conversation that said, okay, if we were to move this forward, what do you think about from a staffing standpoint? And, you know, he's going to throw out a number of different names. I, whether or not he's talked to them previously, I don't have any yeah. idea. But certainly you're thinking about people and relationships and people you've worked with. You know, as, you know heck, I've been in this – Oh, 30 years now. I you feel old when I start saying that. Everybody I used to listen to yeah. when I was in these staff meetings, you know, I've been doing this 30 years. I'm like, God, you're old. Right. Now I'm that guy, which yeah. makes me really feel bad. Join the club. But, but we've all, we all have relationships and say, what about this? What about that? So whether you're talking about an assistant coach or a head coach, you're trying to figure out what can I do to make this place better and how do I go about doing that? You know, So those are kind of the general conversations. Ultimately, you have to get down to say, Hey David, you're a really good radio host. But are you are you willing to live in El Paso? Yeah, right. And you you know at some point you say well, I'm not going to do that. But no. if, you know, hey, could you live in Greensboro? You might say, yeah, I could probably do that. Speaking and so of, you've got to get people. You can have names, but they don't necessarily want to go where you're asking them to come. Yeah, and I know Sally and Mac loved the idea of coming back to Chapel Hill. Uh, when I get those yeah. questions, I just talk to my wife. In all seriousness, like if she's not willing to go, my answer is no. Wherever the job offer is, uh, a quick softball for you as we thank you for your time. By any chance, have you been in Chapel Hill long enough to know how Mac Brown met his wife? Do you know this story yet? A true story um, from the nineteen early nineties, I think it was. I do not. Right. Uh, Sorry, I, I know who introduced okay. them, but I heard it was a blind date, Correct. and then someone told me that 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 Sally is blind. <laughs> well done, but I'm bummed from Bubba Cunningham. <laughs> the long story short is, and I'm up against a break. I mean, you know the famous movie When Harry Met Sally with Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. We had, uh-huh. we used to tell stories of how Mac met Sally, and essentially it was sports writer Art Chansky trying to set them up over and over and over. Both sides <laughs> offered resistance, and you probably know Chansky well enough to know. This is, this is just the Chansky that I knew, who I worked for way back. He tricked them both, told them it was a dinner party with a lot of people coming to the party, when it was actually only Mac Brown and Sally who showed up for the dinner. The next thing you know, they're married however many months or years later. I don't know, but uh, that's my that's little bouquet funny. to you as a thank you as uh, we're up against the break and got to hit the road. <laughs> 
<laughs> I Thanks, Bubba. Awesome. That's great. All right, David. Thank you very much. You got it. Have he's a good on day. you thank too. You. He's he's on Twitter at Bubba UNC, and we're back after this on the David Glenn Show.